Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic, and today I am joined by Father Joseph Anthony Cress. How are you doing, Father? What's up? Oh, I'm uh, loving life, living large, you know, doing all the good stuff. So we're good. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess we're we're kind of, what, it's June now, so summer's, well, kind of kicking off, but summer enough. I guess if you're in like the D.C., Virginia area, it's hot and disgusting and has been for a little while. So it feels like summer. Um, I'm not in D.C. currently. I'm in Colorado, which is pretty sweet. But summer's upon us. So what is it that, I don't know, what's going on in your end? What are you looking forward to for, for the coming months? Um, I, over the last year plus, I've definitely had a lot of cabin fever and just like wanderlust. And so mm -hmm. I'm excited this summer to kind of travel a little bit. Uh, I, I'm going to do some time up in Maine, uh, helping out with focus summer projects in the Arcadia National Forest. Um, and then uh, helping out with a few other uh, events throughout the, the nation, helping out with uh, Amazing Parish Conference in Kansas City. Uh, and then I think, was it sometime in July, I got this retreat thing in mm. Long Island that yeah, I'm helping with. Yeah, I've heard about with. it. Yeah, have mm -hmm. you heard about that? Do you know yeah. about that? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's, okay. that's funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Weird. But no, I'm just excited to kind of uh, get back and travel and, and, and uh get some time off and, and see see the country again so i love traveling and having the opportunity to do that again is uh something i'm really really looking forward to cool yeah um i am you didn't ask me but i'm gonna tell you anyhow what i'm looking forward to there i'm similarly uh yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. uh similarly i i get some travel stuff i'm spending most well not most i'm spending the entirety of my summer in colorado uh also with summer projects at their colorado springs location so this is my third year with them um the last two summers i spent uh shorter time a period of weeks with them but this summer uh the whole the whole summer so i'm really excited about doing all of that work. So Summer Projects, for those who don't know, is a, a program Focus runs for undergraduates, basically they work at somewhere, somewhere cool, Acadia National Park in Maine, Colorado Springs, and you know, near the Rocky Mountains, or in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, as seasonal help. And then we they have a bunch of preset service chaplains for like the Catholic community that they build there. So Father Joseph Anthony is doing that in Maine. I know Father Patrick is um, towards the end of the summer also going to Maine. Father Gregory's helped in the past. The only one who hasn't is Father Bonaventure. He's just not on the train, so. What can you do? But I'm excited <laughs> to be out of D.C. in the mountains. Um, my sister's also getting married in just a couple of days, so that's going to be super fun back in New York. So I'll be back in New York for that. But those are the two big highlights, Colorado Springs, nice. family wedding. Oh, and my brother, he's having a, a baby while well, his wife's having a baby at the end of the summer. So those are the three exciting things on, on, the, on the Jancic calendar for me. So uh yeah there you have it he didn't ask i told you i probably told you a lot more than he wanted to know but yep. looking forward to them all so boom done as father gregory would say uh all right well it is what june uh 3rd um so pentecost passed uh like a week and a half ago may 23rd yep. two weekends ago right so um 
we were we were looking ahead at the calendar and we were thinking, well, what can you know Pentecost, Holy Spirit, huh? Sacrament of Confirmation, the forgotten sacrament. Sometimes, uh, you Ooh. know, it's kind of like it is out of the seven. I know, like, no, is, I love that title. Do? I think you're right. Yeah, it totally like, what, is the forgotten sacrament. It's like what right? is it? The Catholic bar bat mitzvah? No, it's not. Um, it is not the coming of age. It is also not your graduation from religious education. Um, all of these things, people. Um, sometimes because, you know, for me, when I went through CCD, I went to public school and then CCD, when I was confirmed as a sophomore in high school, I was like, yes, no more religious head. I am done. Little did I know I would become a religious priest and be like in a perpetual religious education for the rest of my life. But um, so we thought today we'd talk about uh, confirmation, talk about the sacrament of confirmation. We've talked about some of the other sacraments in different ways. We've we've had episodes on the priesthood, various aspects of the priesthood, on the Eucharist, on marriage, parts of marriage, but let's talk about confirmation because it's, like I've said, the forgotten sacrament. But before we talk about the sacrament of confirmation in particular, let's talk about like a little review on sacraments in general. Set the scene, Father. Yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe we can call it the misunderstood sacrament Mm -hmm. because it's, I don't know if it's so much forgotten because every kid gets forced into it in high school, but I think it definitely is the most misunderstood. Um, yeah, I talked about comfort or the Holy Spirit at the, or I preached about it at this retreat, uh, I guess a month ago or whatever, and, uh, maybe a little longer, but talked about the Holy Spirit as sort of like the third wheel of the Trinity. It's like, everybody can talk about the father and the son, and then you have like the Holy Spirit and you're like, oh, I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, what, to, you know, so I think sometimes confirmation is kind of, you know, the seventh wheel of the sacraments, you know, it's kind of like, what, what do we make of it? So it's there. You're right. We're kind of forced into it often. Um, or strongly encouraged, but that doesn't mean we really know what's going on. A little community service and CCD graduation. Yeah, duh, that's that's the most frustrating thing. Anyway, let, let's let's get back on uh, track here. Uh, talking about sacraments, and I think the first thing that we have to understand it's an outward sign of an inward grace, right? It's there's there's an external tangible element uh, to these that communicates a spiritual reality, an inward grace to this. So mm-hmm. there, there's. Uh, it's a real um, action and something that is kind of tangible that puts us into contact, direct contact, and conveys sanctifying grace within our life. And so in that sense, it becomes um, a conduit of grace. Mm -hmm. And thus it is our kind of, the way I, I like to think of it, it's our tethering to God. So each time we receive the sacraments, we become more and more tethered to God because the life of God can flow more directly into our lives because the sacraments are this conduit through which grace enters into us. So it's this outward sign. It's an outward action something that is tangible and we can point to specific concrete things through which spiritual realities uh, enter into our life and are then initiated. These kind of spiritual realities we can initiate and we can say this spiritual reality has happened this kind of um invisible reality has taken place because this concrete thing this tangible reality this outward sign of the invisible grace too has happened yeah 
Yeah. So I think sometimes people think that sacraments are just symbols or just signs. Um, and they're not just symbols, but they are in fact symbols. Um, but they're also instruments or as, as father was saying, they're these conduits or these channels, they themselves are instruments. So like take baptism, let's use baptism. Everyone knows kind of, or hopefully people know what happens in baptism. Baptism is you have this wash, this pouring of water or this immersion in water. Um, and these words that are said, we'll talk about the, the matter and form, the parts of a sacrament a little bit later, but, um, so you have this pouring of water that symbolizes this this exterior physical washing with the pouring of water symbolizes the internal cleansing of sin, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this external symbol, but the sacraments are also instruments of grace or channels of grace or conduits of grace, as Father Joseph Anthony was saying. So yes, the external symbolizes the internal, but it symbolizes an internal reality that that through baptism, through this uh, sacred act, um, were cleansed from the effects of sin in the case of baptism. So, um, and one of the things that I think are kind of struck me when I started thinking about and then studying the sacraments is that, um, our Lord uses such simple means to accomplish such supernatural ends, right? So it's simply the pouring of water over our head three times and, or immersion and the words of the, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and boom, divine life. It's like, there it is. That's it. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And you can think of all the other sacraments, all the other six, baptism and then the the six other sacraments kind of exist in this way. Why? Not because God is like, um, you know, unable to think of kind of elaborate or creative kind of things, but he wants us to, like, as Father Joseph Anthony was saying, to be tethered to him, to be conformed to him in, in ready ways, in ways that are uncomplicated because he wants us. And this you is know, that people. that brings up like a really beautiful thing is that um, I think Catholics get criticized a lot for their sacramental life, and especially by um, non-ritual based uh, Protestants or, or things mm-hmm. like that. And they say, "Well, it's just these interior realities." Well, the reality is that Christ instituted the sacraments. We'll get into that a little later, but He did so for our benefit, right? Right. The sacraments. God doesn't the, need them. He doesn't need, and he can still work outside the sacraments. Like we've never said that he doesn't like that. We've kind of boxed God, the creator of heavens and earth who made everything out of nothingness that we've boxed him into these little seven, uh, you know, ring boxes and he can only work in those areas. He, he can work in any way he pleases, but he's given us these gifts, these very instructive, particular, concrete, specific ways for a guarantee for us so that we can be sure that his grace has been communicated into our life and that we can be confident that the spiritualities that we hunger for that we desire for that those are taking place so the sacraments are gifts to us and god has um has given them to us as a guarantee for our benefit to know of the realities that are communicated. Right. And they're gifts to us because, um, and we could say that they're gifts to us because as you mentioned just a few minutes ago or whatever time ago, that they're instituted by Christ. The seven sacraments are directly instituted, they're divinely instituted, we believe, by Christ, mm-hmm. all seven of them. Now, remember that like we can look to the scriptures for revelation uh, for where the sacraments were um, were instituted, but we uh, we we realize we recognize that the content of revelation is not contained only in scripture but also in tradition. So with the seven sacraments, we could see throughout the sa- throughout the scriptures. Okay, here are here's evidence of Christ doing these things, and then the apostles doing these things, and then we have to recognize too that 
you know, the way in which the sacraments, the rituals surrounding the sacraments have developed and changed over time. So um, by way of example here, the sacrament of confession, clearly Christ gives the apostles the ability to bind and loose sins, to hold or to forgive sins in Matthew 18 and in other places. But the form of the sacrament today that we go to, the ritual of going into the confessional saying, bless me, Father, I've sinned, you know, that whole thing developed through, through the church's history, guided by the Holy Spirit in the tradition, capital T of the church. Now, if you're looking where is confirmation in the scriptures, there are a few places where um, Christ seals or breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. So in John 20 and Acts 2, at Pentecost, of course, in Acts 8, 10, 19. So there are these times over and again where we can see the gift of the Holy Spirit being bestowed upon, upon the Christians by the apostles, um, by, by the, the, the first priests and bishops of the church upon the faithful. So... We're not going to spend a ton of time on sort of proof texting the scriptures. You can look it up yourself if you want. Let's say a few words about confirmation then. So confirmation, what is it? Why is it? Um, I, I think before, to understand properly confirmation as a sacrament, we have to understand its union in connection with another sacrament, which is baptism, right? The It's really, really, really important to understand that the seven sacraments are not linear. They're not just these random seven things that happen, right? It's, mm -hmm. We talk about the sacramental economy, that they all depend on each other. They're all integrated with each other. And some have more of a direct connection to each other, but they all have this union and interplay with each other as one sacramental economy. Confirmation is most directly united to baptism. Right. So it's dependent right. upon baptism. Baptism is our entrance into the life of Christ, our entrance into the, to the divine life and the union with the body of Christ. And so confirmation is its completion, not as it's done in your graduation from uh, high school religion, but it's fulfillment, it's, it's sealing, it's perfection. So what has begun in baptism now is brought to its perfection in the next sacrament of confirmation. And it's right. the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It has this kind of totality and fullness in that way. Yeah, and I think we want to be clear, and I know Father Joseph Anthony, is that we're not saying that like baptism isn't good enough yeah. um, in the sense that it's complete. But look at the sacraments. The sacraments are, are, as Father already said, the sacraments are for our benefit. And as we grow and mature and our life progresses, there are sacraments that follow us in that, in that way. So like anointing, of the, you're not anointed. You don't receive the anointing of the sick when you're young and healthy. The anointing of the sick is for those who are sick and dying because yep. people sick, uh, get sick and die. Confirmation has this sense of like deepening, this closer tethering, to use that language again, I like that, that closer tethering, that closer binding, that deepening of our baptismal graces um, that, that are now as, you know, we get them as when we're adults, at least in, in the eyes of the church um, adult uh, or, you know, more mature, that we receive these graces of confirmation to witness to the gospel, to um, give this sort of public uh, witness and living of, of the gospel. We'll talk about those effects a little bit later on. Yeah, um, I mean, but... and, and one of the other things is that we have to talk about, like confirmation is at its core, it's a strengthening. So you can't strengthen yep. something that doesn't already exist. Aquinas goes yeah, into real exactly. depth on this. Like you have to be spiritually born first before you can be strengthened. And right. so baptism is our spiritual birth and confirmation is the strengthening of what has taken place in that birth. So it's not, uh, we don't want to 
uh, under undermine it or undersell it in any way. But uh, yeah, it, it, there's there's a strong connection between the two of those. Yeah, exactly. And it, you mentioned Thomas. St. Thomas believes too, or writes that in, in the Summa that um, that the graces of confirmation were first given at Pentecost when mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and they were given these gifts, these charismatic gifts to then proclaim the gospel, to then go out and preach the gospel. Um, and I like, you know, you, you mentioned that idea of economy. I like that. I like that phrase, the sacramental economy. And we don't think here, not of like economics, not of like monies, but of like the work of salvation, yeah. the work that Christ and his church is doing, the sacramental economy that it exists as as the conduit of grace for us to be tethered to Christ so as to be conformed to him, to be forgiven our sin and um and and be, you know, be his friend. And ultimately, uh the this is the the whole relationship of the sacraments is to grow in friendship and closeness with Christ. So with that, with that idea of growing in closeness and friendship, being more tethered to Christ, we're going to take our break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to look at some of the, some of the, um, the theological realities of the sacrament, its form matter, the character that sacrament, the sacrament of confirmation gives its effects, but then also how, okay, so how do we live the sacramental graces that confirmation gives us? All right, so stay tuned and we will be right back. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand. I am with Father Joseph Anthony today, and we're talking about the Sacrament of Confirmation, the misunderstood, the forgotten, the third wheel, the seventh wheel sacrament, whatever it is, um, the graduation from religious education. What kind of vehicle has education. seven wheels? Wait a second. I want to... <laughs> what kind of vehicle well, ends up with seven wheels? Well, what kind of vehicle ends up with third wheel, a three wheels? That's why it's awkward. So I don't want to drive it, but we're going to, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, in the first, so with Pentecost, just a little over a week and a half ago, the Holy spirit, it should be, you know, fresh in our minds. So let's talk about the sacrament of confirmation. This is what we've been doing. First half of the episode, we talked about what are sacraments, what is confirmation in relation to baptism and the other sacraments, but let's look more specifically at confirmation. So one of the things that the um, that theologians in the early scholastic and scholastic period did is when they were sort of um, going through all the all the pieces of what practicing the faith, the life of the faith, one of the things that they did with sacraments is they talked about they designated what they call form and matter for all of the sacraments. So the thing being done and the thing being said to make that simple. So if you look at every sacrament, we can identify the form and the matter, and these are essential to the sacraments. If one of them is lacking, the sacrament doesn't take effect and the grace is not given. So easy example here, let's look at the Eucharist. What is the matter of the Eucharist? Well, we would say bread and wine, right? Uh, so if you don't have bread, wheat bread, unleavened bread, and if, well, well, let's just say wheat bread, and if you don't have grape wine, um, if you're using something else, pizza and Coke, that does not work. You need bread and wine, and the form is uh, is the the prayers that the priest says. This is my body. This is my blood. You need those things. Those things are essential. Every sacrament has its essential elements. Confirmation, essential elements, form and matter. Walk us through them. Well, I I always like starting with matter first. Uh, so yeah. the matter has to be an anointing with chrism, so oil, 
that's uh, perfumed oil blessed by the bishop. Okay, so that we see this, there's now becoming a very strong connection to the apostles and the signification of the Holy Spirit coming directly from the apostles as it was given to them in the upper room um, at Pentecost. So now we have the very matter is connected directly to uh, the bishop in that way. So it's an anointing with chrism and the laying on of hands. And so uh, there has to be this kind of both and. We see throughout all of scripture that every time there is uh, a commissioning, and we can get into that a little later, ascending, that there's this uh, transfer from one to another. Uh, it always takes place with the laying on of hands. And so as we start talking about the effects and the living out of the graces, we'll see why it's so important that it's not just an anointing, but it's the combo of an anointing with chrism and the laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. And then the form is the, the phrase, if you will, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so right. it is the laying on of hands in the anointing with the chrism, the holy perfumed oil, with the verbal statement of be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and the that that phrase that that form there be sealed uh, in the early church, the sacrament of confirmation, this action, this anointing, and this being sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Often it was not referred to as the sacrament of confirmation, but of the word seal was used that they were sealed, and you know there's a description of the of the action. So there's this great continuity from the early church, from the apostles all the way through. And as Father was saying, the 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 bishop is the is the primary is is the minister is the ordinary minister of the sacrament because it is you know following the apostolic lineage so a priest can confirm but he needs the express permission of the bishop for a particular time to confirm a priest can't just confirm so he needs that from his bishop which links again to the apostolic you know from the apostles that apostolic we could even say i'm maybe making up this term but like the apostolic economy that participates with the sacraments or in which the sacraments exist um so we we talked about the the or father mentioned you know so the bishop lays his technically typically lays his like fingers on your on your head has the chrism on your on his thumb and as he's tracing the sign of the cross on your on your forehead says be sealed with the gift of the holy spirit so remember we already talked about sacraments being um, signifying things being um, symbols of things so we can look at what is happening when the bishop confirms to look at its signification of the reality underneath so the laying of hand or hands right signifies a number of things right that that it's a blessing that the you know that through God is blessing giving grace through his apostles the bishops right as he's doing this that there's a healing grace heals there's a physical and a spiritual healing um, in in the bestowal of the sacrament uh, you know anointing we've talked about I think this this triple moonera before and on other episodes right that priest prophet and kingly reality of of Christ that then by our baptism we participate in uh, but you know it's also here strengthened because of the relationship of uh of confirmation to um to baptism 
and also the 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 oil used you know so if we look at oil anointing with oil is often associated with father already mentioned commission but also like a kingly kind of reality that a king is anointed with oil oil running down upon upon Aaron's beard these things we see through the old and new testaments um so there's this sense of like excellence of being called of being commissioned to something high excellent great um divine even um, but specifically on that oil, we I want to like even go deeper on this and like yeah. what is the specific kind of oil? Because in the church we have three different kinds of sacramental oil, right? The oil of the catechumens, uh, the oil of the infirm, and chrism. And chrism is the 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 top one, the the highest mm-hmm. tier of oil. And what differentiates premium it, grade oil? Yeah, <laughs> we're talking ninety three octane up in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which in Virginia we couldn't get for a while because of that pipeline fiasco, uh, but we're back at it. Um, but the chrism is, is top shelf sacramental oil. And the reason why, what def- differentiates it is that it's actually perfumed. So it's infused with perfume. There's this beautiful ritual uh, at the chrism mass where the bishop takes perfume and pours it into the oil, mixes it together, and then he breathes on it. Right? Why does he breathe on it? Think about the the breath of the Holy Spirit that hovered over uh, the creation at the very beginning in Genesis. And so he breathes life. He breathes the Holy Spirit over top of the oil. And it's called chrism, right? Because it's that perfect blend of these two things. And it takes its name after Christ himself. So it represents, it's, it, it, it carries... The, the presence of Christ in there. And so there are three sacraments that use chrism, baptism, and then it's associated sacrament confirmation, which we're talking about today, and, um, and holy orders. Uh, so we, we have to be able to like, not just say the beauty and the significance of oil, but it, it, the specific oil of chrism that is used, you know, uniting Christ into this as well. Yeah. So through the through the sacrament, uh, through this sacrament, something is 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 bestowed here that we we call character. Um, that sacramental character is given. Um, what we mean by character is that through the sacramental grace, uh, there there is an ontological or a change, an ontological change, ontological, see if I can say it, um, a change to the soul, to the to the person's soul, conforming us, tethering us, as Father Joseph Anthony said closer to Christ. Now there are three sacraments that do that and they're the three unrepeatable sacraments. So baptism, uh confirmation and holy orders. So when a when a man is ordained. The other four sacraments uh can all be repeated and that you know people might think well even marriage well until death do us part uh, after somebody dies you can be remarried. Um the three sacraments that are unrepeated are baptism, confirmation and holy orders because there's an indelible or an eternal, I guess we could say, mark, uh, a permanent mark, a permanent effect of the sacrament by which, you know, a person is given a permanent configuration to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're drawn more deeply into that relationship by being made more like him. Uh, so, And Aquinas says that, like, with character, it's a, it's a spiritual power that is ordained to certain sacred actions. And that's why yeah. when we look at all three of those, they, they contain a specific spiritual power that's ordained or directed to a sacred action. So we're going to get into what are those sacred actions when we talk about the effects of that. But when we talk about why there's a character connected to the sacrament confirmation, that's what we're talking about um, in, in how Aquinas builds that up. Right. 
So before, uh, or I guess to talk about the way in which uh, we live these graces, we can sort of, we've talked about a number of the effects of the sacrament of confirmation. So let's review those. I think those will launch us into talking about living them. Um, So we've already talked about this, this deepening or this unifying um, reality of the sacrament of confirmation, that it deepens our spiritual adoption. It deepens our, um, yeah, our being the adopted sons and daughters of God. It, It expands those graces it unites us more firmly to christ it increases the gifts that the holy spirit bestows on us the gifts of the holy spirit the charismatic graces sanctifying grace all of these things and it also i think something worth mentioning well because it's true but also we often don't think of this with the sacraments is that the the sacrament binds us more perfectly to the church it unites us more perfectly to the body of christ um you, you know we don't become like a next level members of the church but we're able to live in the church better and to like live within that that mystical body in a more intentional and and mature and deeper way. So, okay, we've talked about I think all of those throughout. So living, let's let's look at these the living of the graces of confirmation. So you already mentioned commission or this sending or this association with mission. Say more about that. Well, uh, this is a really really important but unique aspect of confirmation is that it's you know ordained towards a public witness. That like that's it's commissioning. It's ascending forth into a public witness of the faith, um, and that's that's very very uh, important to realize that this isn't just now I'm done. Well, actually, now I begin. Like, yeah, this is about not just my own interior and individual sanctification, but it's now about publicly witnessing, and at times that means combating the enemies of the faith. And so when a person is confirmed receives all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, just like the apostles who departed from that upper room and went into the streets to preach and proclaim and make the name of Jesus known, uh, so too is each person that's confirmed. It is directed towards a public witness. And so there's a new mission given, a commissioning, ascending uh, that is associated with this. And it's not just um, a finality of it all. Right. Yeah, and I think that we can think here too of of um, a close association with the virtue of fortitude. Yeah. Um, if you need a refresher on that, go back to our Lenten series on the virtues, the virtue yeah. of fortitude. Um, it gives us strength. Fortitude is primarily uh, oriented towards towards strength, constancy, and the fear of death. But also, you know, so think of the apostles who were martyred for this. But also strength in difficult situations. So witnessing to the faith, um, as Father was just talking about, witnessing in our words and what we do, but also in in how we live, being witnesses in that way. The Second Vatican Council taught very clearly that the that that the laity, the the important role of the laity is the sanctification of the world. Um, it's not priests and religious jobs. Uh, priests, it's not the job of priests and religious to go out into the world to sanctify those, all those spaces because they simply can't. But the job of the laity to do that, you know, in your workplace, in your communities, in your social settings, to bring Christ into those and it's into those places. And it's a sacrament of, of confirmation that um, that allows and enables us, gives us the strength, the courage, the ability to do that. So think, you know, like, well, how do I live? How do I live and cooperate with these graces? Well, think of ways in which you might be, you know, some sort of witness to the gospel. Something as simple as like praying grace before meals, even when you're not home. You know, praying grace before meals, um, speaking about the faith, learning about the faith so as to speak it, speak about it well. These sorts of things are all ways in which we're sent. Is There are all ways in which we're sent. Yeah, I mean, having a crucifix or an icon in your office, 
I don't mm-hmm. care if it's a Fortune 500 company or not, but like little things like that are, are important. Yep, sanctifying those spaces around you. The other thing that is interesting is Thomas, it's Thomas, right, who talks about this idea of, of, of or this relationship of the sacramental graces here of confirmation with fear and shame and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, he, he, he asks the question, well, why is the person anointed on the forehead? And he answers right. it in a really beautiful way. Uh, I mean, because he, he proposes some of the objections of like, well, if it's supposed to be about strength and courage and things like that, shouldn't the person be afford, uh, anointed on their chest? And he says, no, it's actually on the forehead because it's the face that is uh, very rarely covered up and specifically the forehead, which is very rarely covered up because it's the face and the countenance of the individual that always betrays the person. And so when someone is shameful, they blush and they can't they can't control that. Right? You just you automatically blush when you're a little uh, ashamed of something, or if you are terrified, you're fearful, you go pale, and so it's mm. the face that that shows that. And so what he says is it's appropriate then to have the cross of Christ in chrism put on the forehead so that it overcomes both fear and shame in this publicly witnessing to Christ and the gospel, so that one doesn't need to be afraid of their own weaknesses or maybe how they betray. Uh, but it's the cross of Christ that is our strength, and it's that which we overcomes that and presents to the world in a publicly facing manner. So yeah. I always I found it very beautiful that in a in a world that is very um, caught up in fears and anxieties and shame culture and all this that we have a great gift as Catholics in the sacrament of confirmation to rely upon the graces that Christ gives us as confirmed Catholics that can be our, our support, our kind of sanctification in overcoming both fear and shame. Yeah. And I guess we'd be remiss here if we forgot to mention, oh, we kind of did in passing, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given to us in baptism, but strengthened. Remember, because this association with confirmation and baptism, they're strengthened here in this sacrament. So wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, fear of the Lord, I think that's all seven. Um, the, the difference between the gifts and the virtues, so the virtues enable us to do human things, um, to, but unto a divine end, right? So to do something correct just to do something prudent, to do something, whatever, unto a supernatural end. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit allow us or enable us to do things in a divine way. So wisdom is to, 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 to well, I was going to say to know, I guess there's the gift of knowledge. So knowledge is to know as God does, to know the things of the earth, of this world as God does, so as to use them for his glory and our and our glory. Um, so there, there's another sort of, our, our Lord is not stingy in his, um, in his no. bestowing of gifts of trying to get us, to, of, of offering us the, the, the offer of heaven through his grace, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, through the breathing of the Holy Spirit um, that, he, that he breathes upon the apostles at Pentecost, but also breathes upon us through the sacrament and, um, and through, the, through the church and through all, of, through all of the graces that he offers us. So, I think that kind of brings us to the end of our time together. Um, Yeah. And I think a little bit there to chew on, to think about, and perhaps, perhaps a proposal or a challenge or an invitation, I don't know, whatever kind of nice or aggressive word we want to use there is to consider yourselves. um, What, what are the ways by which you might, you might tap into cooperate uh, with the, the, with the graces of your own confirmation and, and witnessing and living the faith in this public way. And, you know, having that fortitude to, to sanctify the corners of the world and uh, into which our Lord sends you, it sends us. So 
there you have it. Um, thanks for tuning in this week to, to Godsplaining. If you think that someone might benefit from learning a little bit about confirmation and the sacramental economy and the breathing of the Holy Spirit, uh, feel free to share the episode. Please like us, give us uh, good reviews, good comments, that uh, all the whole algorithm thing, it works out really well. Um, as Father mentioned, we have this retreat coming up in July, so please keep that in your prayers. If you haven't already, we launched some new um, Pentecost merchandise, so check out our merch store. Other than that, thank you for your support and prayers. Uh, we are praying for you, as always, and until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.